0: This is sitting friends in the morning
1: how many
0: of us have 77 WABC
1: Mr. nearly came on he was he was threatening he's, he's a, I'm six two and he was taller than me so it was and there's a common misconception that Marines don't get scared. We're actually taught uh, one of our core values is courage and courage is not the absence of fear but how you handle fear and you know, I was scared for myself, but I looked around. I saw women and children. He was yelling in their faces, saying saying these threats. I couldn't just sit still.
0: Call you up in the middle of the
1: night Like a firefly flower by You were there like a no-touch bird I keep. I myself I leave.
0: But One more promise I not keep It seems no one can help me now Hero Marine Daniel Penny no actually talked it's a couple days out. ago, yesterday the day before I forget, made a bunch of videos. He said, just so you know, Jordan Neely was screaming, I'm going to kill you. I don't care if I go to prison the rest of my life, I don't care if I die. I'm going to kill you. That's according to Daniel Penny. And uh, me personally, I choose to believe the Marine and not the homeless maniac who did go through a tragedy as a kid. But, man, we're we'll way past that. Anyway, Penny's attorney is one of my favorite attorneys here, too. Right there with Danielle Rosenberg, Joe Tacopino, and Arthur Idala. Great attorney, great guy. Also served... This country very proudly. It's my good buddy Thomas kniff Thomas, good morning, pal. How are you? Hey,
1: good morning, Sid. And thanks for putting me in good company with those guys, uh, <laughs> Idala, Tacatina, and those guys. They're all great.
0: Man. They are great. And, so, and by the way, so is uh, your partner, Stephen Razor. I met him at Judge Janine's book signing, and I, I'm sorry I spilled the wine on his jacket, but what a super guy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Listen, he makes that uh, like a good partnership he makes up for all my
0: shortcomings. <laughs> now you guys are great together very very impressive duo When and, and uh daniel penny has the right guy can i ask you uh, first of all bo deal i've told you this before he said it again this morning he will gladly testify we get to that point here about chokeholds and he said he did that many many times a cop in nearly 20 years and nobody died but i want to get to the toxicology report because we all know that George Floyd was all hopped up on drugs. And, look, I understand Floyd was murdered. Unlike what your client did, that was murdered by that Minneapolis cop. But he was hopped up on drugs. And Daniel Penny did say on video two days ago that when he saw Neely, he said, and I quote, look like a guy on drugs. So are we ever going to see the toxicology report?
1: Yeah, well, you know, unfortunately, we haven't seen it yet. Um, But, you know, there's some things that that we do know, right? So, you know, in New York, a a layperson like my client, like you, like me, can make observations of the characteristics of somebody who appears to be under the influence of drugs or intoxicated. Um, My client, uh, you know, has been very adamant that this guy seemed like he was, you know, in in a high, you know, manic state. But, you know, add to that is, drug use, um, specifically K2, which is a, a very powerful substance.
0: And the rumor um, is, not just out here, Tom, but the rumor is that that specific drug you're talking about, K2, the rumor is he was actually smoking that uh, that day, the day that your client had his confrontation with him. That's the alleged yeah, rumor.
1: I mean, look, we, we, we've had it, you know indications of that as well. Obviously, look, I mean, you know, full disclaimer, we don't have the toxicology yet, so nobody could say for sure. But but it is part of his you know doc, documented uh, you know criminal history that that he has uh, you know been under the influence of this stuff and had been abusing this stuff. I think some of his family members have even said yeah. that you know he was
0: using. So let me ask his, you the sixty four thousand dollars question, Tom. Why don't you have it? This guy's dead for months already. This case may be going to a grand jury before we know it. Why don't you have it? I know the real answer. What do you think the answer is?
1: Well, you know. I mean, part of it is the discovery laws in New York. Like the discovery laws were, were, were reformed um, and the defense gets a lot more information earlier now than it used to. However, in res- with respect to the grand jury, there's no obligation for the district attorney to disclose that unless and until the defendant's indicted. We have, we've obtained subpoenas, we've served those subpoenas uh, on the MA's office and so forth and, and we're, you know, certainly we're doing everything can to get it, but you know we need cooperation on the other side too as well. And that, and that's not a shot at the district attorney's office. It's more you know it's not a shot at anyone, but it's more in regard to you know the subpoenas we serve directly on New York City.
0: Thomas Kenneth, the attorney for uh, Daniel Penny. So I have to imagine, Tom, that before Daniel made those videos, which I thought were terrific, and. Uh, Willie really told you the story of what happened that day. Of course, it's his story. There's two sides, I get it, maybe three. But uh, it seemed uh, honest to me. I would imagine he came to you first, yes, and asked you if he can do something like that?
1: Yeah, you know, look, I mean, obviously we've, uh, you know, we, we walk every step with him. Um, you know, look, the default decision um, is not to have your client say anything, right? And in the, in the vast majority of cases... Uh, that's exactly what we do. Um, in this particular case, though, it's different. It's different for a couple of reasons. One, I think we have a a, a client here who comes off well, um, who, you know, I think Mark Twain said, you know, if you tell the truth, you have nothing to remember, right? <laughs> um, you know, that there's no doubt that he has been consistent and accurate to the best of his re- recollection, you know, with us and publicly. Uh, and, and everything he says is corroborated by disinterested third parties that were on that subway train, by the way. But secondly, you know look at you look at some of the broadsides this poor guy has taken, and I'm not talking about just from one segment of the media. I'm talking about public officials uh, all the way up to the governor of the state who has taken an oath to defend the Constitution of the United States but yet is doing violence to it when she comes out and prejudges uh you know a, a case with a defendant who is presumed innocent constitutionally. So, you know, at some point, you know, we made a tactical decision to say, look, you know, more than just you, your as much as I love being here talking with you, there's nothing like hearing it from the client's mouth, right? Um, you know, to to get out there and counter, you know, this narrative where, you know, imagine being a 24-year-old kid, you know, you served your country, you have no criminal record, you you stand up to try to protect innocent women and children and you're being called a vigilante, again, by, by, by what some yeah. people consider mainstream media sources, by right. elected officials. You're being yep. called a killer, a white supremacist. You know, so so that narrative, I think, at some point needs to be countered.
0: No, you're right. And Hochul did from day one uh, pull the old Nancy Grace deal, give him the chair. So did Al Sharpton. But the mayor, Tom Kineff. the mayor came out and was actually measured and smart. In fact, I gave him a lot of credit on this show for not rushing to judgment. But then, then... Well, something happened, and Adams started to sound an awful lot like Kathy Hochul. Including, he could have been my son. He looks like my same name. My brother made it a whole race thing all over again. Were you disappointed in how the mayor went from really being sharp on this to one of them?
1: Yeah, you know, I was. And look, and there's a lot, you know, a lot I like about Mayor Adams. I mean, look, Curtis was my guy. There's no question about that. I thought he would have been the the best choice. But you know, sometimes in a city like New York that's so heavily democratic, you got to take you know the let you know the best bad decision you can get, right? right. Um, and, and you know, Adams compared to the Democratic field was you know certainly the more moderate, the one that was more willing to take a you know somewhat of a reasonable law and order stance. So I was impressed with his early comments, particularly when he came back and shot down this ludicrous 15-minute timeline that was just you know just made up. Someone put it out there, and the media ran with it. Um, you know, and, and the equanimity in some of his early co- comments. But look, at the end of the day, these guys are elected elected officials, right? And, and they have they have a base, and that base needs to be satiated. So, you know, he's proven himself willing to go against the grain up to a point. Right. But you know, he not, caves. Not, not 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 as far as, <laughs> as he probably should or should have in this case.
0: But right, he caves. Thomas Knipp, the attorney for uh, Daniel Penny. And you're right, he came off uh, really well, Daniel Penny, but making a video – to explain what happened is one thing. Testifying in front of the grand jury is another. Simple question. If, in fact, we get to that, would you recommend that Penny testify in front of the grand jury?
1: Yeah, you know, what, I, what I can say is, that is look, I, I think that, Mike, that, that if, if any client could, could do, would do great in front of a grand jury, uh, it, it's That decision nine times out of 10, maybe 98 times out of 100. It's not something that we do as defense attorneys, but certainly it's something we're considering very seriously in this case. But I will say that look, you know, we think whether he testifies or not, there's going to be, you know, so much evidence that, you know, we're we're certainly very hopeful the DA will put before the grand jury and hopeful that the grand jury will ask the DA to have, you know, including, you know, third party witnesses. I mean, there's one individual on that train. she, She was a African-American woman, a senior citizen. She hung around on the platform waiting waiting to interact with the police so she can give them her name and information and to, to, and to thank my client and say that this guy is a hero. My client wasn't trying to be a hero. He still doesn't consider himself a hero. But given that that's the perspective passengers on the train you know we're hopeful the grand jury mm. gets to hear from them yep. they get to see the video of my client interviewed by the police where he, where he gave the story and fully cooperative and whether he testifies in or not we, we we're, we're, we're very optimistic that that will be enough for the grand jury to to not return an indictment
0: then. well i'm glad you emphasize the fact that that lady i know who you're talking about was african-american because al sharpton right away described this as a race crime a hate crime and Others have followed. Many have followed along. Even at the very end, the mayor kind of went that way. And you you just said it. The lady on the train, African-American, one of the gentlemen that helped, that helped Daniel Penny. African-American. So how could that possibly be the case? One lady says, thank you, you saved my life. One guy helped him in restraining this guy. How could this possibly be a crime based on race? Well, it
1: absolutely is, Dan. You know it it runs in the face of you know all the objective facts, and I, look, I'll quote my client. know I'm supposed to be the mouthpiece here, but I think he said it best you know I, I didn't see a black man threatening and uh you know intimidating people on that subway train. I saw a man do it, you know, and, and that's that's really what yeah. it that, that's really what it comes down to.
0: so where are we uh, I know you got to run here, but where are we with the whole grand jury and starting up and uh, give me a timeline, Thomas, of what what could you, uh, what, what do you expect next?
1: Yeah, so, you know, look, I, I can't give you a complete timeline because it's really not my show. I mean, the grand jury really is the DA's sandbox. That's the way the law is written in this state and really every every place I know. Um, you know, our indications are, though, that this grand jury term ends on Monday. Um, you know, so I anticipate, I, I think it, it's, it's very likely that we could have a decision this week.
0: Decision this week. Okay. Well, listen, he's very lucky to have you and Steve. I mean, Tom, you're just... I know you threw Mike Sullivan, of course, and when you ran for DA, you know, you talk about Curtis would have been a better mayor than Eric Adams. I believe that in my heart. I also know you would have been light years better than Alvin Bragg. You ran against him, but unfortunately, I don't think people knew who you were back then, so maybe you want to run again at some point uh, after this case, but um, I know what a great soul. Life, that. Uh, listen, you're 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 a real hero, a great American, a super friend, and... Continue uh, doing what you're doing, Thomas. Good luck with Daniel Penny. I hope again. I hope you speak again very, very soon. And and uh, the grand jury does the right thing by your client because he is a hero. Thank you so much. All right, it so was a pleasure. My pleasure. You're the man. Say hello to Steve for me, okay? We'll do, buddy. will do. Tell him not to send me that dry cleaning bill. <laughs> I literally smashed into Tom and Steve this huge glass of wine that Tom was holding. Hit Steve in this beautiful jacket at Judge Janine's book party. Thomas Knipp is a great guy. <laughs> I love him. I do. I love him.